0: plushcare.com/weightloss
1: Hello and welcome to Gaze on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we'll be talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We will. Remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature, so as always, do proceed with caution. But before that, I'm dying to know what you've been watching.
2: Me? You? Well, we've been on holiday, haven't we? I know. So, this segue is going to work quite well, so... We got really, really behind on Yellow Jacket season two, didn't we? Oh, we did. And when we knew Mallorca was coming, we thought, well, when we are go back on a night or before we get ready to go out for tea, we'll, we'll watch them. And we actually managed to finish it. Yeah. And I would say what it's gone a bit off the boil compared to season one. And we're still not really any further forward in knowing what... The hell is actually going on. Has
1: it been renewed for season three yet? Yes. Okay.
2: Um, God knows when we'll get it due because, to, to be writer's honest, strike but
1: at this point we've had season one Oh, you Are you going to say one? one was
2: like 0.25? And... Well
1: I don't know like I don't feel like we're any closer to knowing anything that, we, that they were setting up in episode one season one.
2: Yeah. Like there seems to be talk about there being a thing that Makes them do things when they're in the forest, but there isn't really any explanation yet. Um, but it's all right. I think I, w- I was seeing a lot on online about um, how a lot of people had actually dibbed out of season two. But I'm a bit of a purist with TV shows. Like if I've got four episodes in, I probably I'm going to finish it. Fair enough. Um, I and well, it's fine. I quite and it's like got the quite story. a lot of clear representation yeah. as well, which is nice.
1: I quite like the story. I just don't love being left like waiting for a year.
2: Yeah. Or more, as I say, with the right to strike. So and I'm still always fascinated how good they've got the casting between the younger versions and the older versions. I just think it's yeah really good.
1: I haven't you know you know when acting's good because you can watch it over and over again, and you don't ever feel like you're watching an actor act. Yes. And I think that Yellow Jackets is consistently good at doing that. I would agree. Mm.
2: And the other holiday-related thing, and this isn't related in the sense that people are going to think it is, is Apple TV Show's new show called Hijack. Now, I'm not saying that's a segue because we went on a plane. Oh, I'm saying it because I wanted to watch it because everyone was saying it's really good and like really addictive, but I didn't want to watch it until we got back because Mm. I thought, what was the last time when we went to Lisbon? I said, oh, it was that MH370 (laughs) documentary. I thought, imagine Mm -hmm. if you downloaded it on Netflix to watch on the plane, that'd be like, no. So, but I watched the first, so they dropped the first two episodes and I watched them this past weekend and it's... It's really addictive. It's like a bit like Twenty Four, so the seven episodes, and I think the whole seven episodes is like gonna f- gonna span the flight from Dubai to London. So it's like real time, but it's cutting between things that are happening on the ground.
1: Is it like fiction?
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah, and what was nice as well is when the hijackers stood up; they weren't all like stereotypical Muslim hijackers that a lot of Hollywood likes to do. Mm. They've all got broad British accent. One of them sounds proper Lancashire. She's like, this girl's like, get out, get out. Yeah. So I thought that was nice, but we don't really know why they've hijacked the plane yet, which is quite interesting. Okay. Um, but it's very, very tense. Um, so, yeah. We also watched the first episode of Secret Invasion whilst we were away, didn't we? We did. Sound like all we did was sit in the hotel room, but we didn't. We just watched a bit of telly on an evening, didn't mm. we? Um, did you like it? Yeah, it was alright. Wow. <laughs> Stick that on the poster. Um, <laughs> this is my kind of marvel. Like, I like the more grounded espionage type stuff. Mm. But I would say... It's got... me Like, I've seen the second episode, and I will watch it, but I'm not hooked.
1: This is one of those that if... If you watch another episode before I've watched episode two, Which... I'll probably not bother with at all. Yeah, because it didn't get me on the first episode. Right. Well,
2: we won't be doing an episode on secret <laughs> invasion, then, will we? Um,
1: unless we watch it,
2: I'll force you to. Mm. Like I forced you to watch Mission Impossible last night. Which so I wanted to do a big franchise rewatch before. We see the new one. There's
1: six films. If you wanted to do a franchise rewatch, we should have started like six months ago. Yeah,
2: but we were doing Indiana Jones. We were doing other bits. We've mm. been busy. Yeah. So how did you... What stars did you give it in the end? Did you review it? I don't think it? I've rated it yet. What would you give it?
1: Um... I think three and a half.
2: Oh, wow. That's more than I thought you were going to go with. Hmm...
1: I don't know. I wasn't really in the mood for it, so it wasn't, like, getting me like it probably should have done. But I can remove that from it and see that for... Was it 1996 it came out? Yes. Seems pretty good. Pretty solid 90s action film. And I recognise a lot of, like, things that reference it. So it's yeah. clearly had an impact on cinema, so I'm not going to deny it. That. And that
2: theme tune's good.
1: I just feel like... It's one of those franchises that, having watched the first one, I feel like I will probably be able to get on board with one, two, and three. But then, if it were me controlling things, I'd have probably just left it at that.
2: But we've decided that we're going to go four, five, six. Oh, are we? Yeah. Why? Because you won't like two and three if you didn't like the first one that much, but four, five, and six almost feels like a brand new franchise because it has such life put back into it. Mm. And the more is that modern... because
1: it's got a massive budget and it's just going to be a shitload of explosions? There, no,
2: no, okay. it's really good. Okay. If you thought Top Gun Maverick was good, that's the kind of level the new. I would say the new Mission Impossibles are. Wow. I genuinely would. Okay. So yeah. I've also watched the first episode of the first Walking Dead spin-off, Dead City, which I did quite enjoy. What's it like, premise? Um, Two of the original group that we saw when the the Walking Dead finished have now left, and it feels like a few years has passed, and they're in New York, so it's quite cool to see what Manhattan's like all these years post-zombie apocalypse. Right. I just love a good zombie show, and I like the characters. I like Jeffrey Dean somebody as Negan um, so yeah have you watched well, anything else whilst
1: yes yes I have I have watched
2: <laughs> stalling while you get your notes up
1: flea
2: oh yeah we did didn't we mm-hmm. tell you why I didn't put it on that because we were hoping to do an episode on it weren't yeah. we we've yeah. been
1: so slack the last few weeks honestly we have Just so busy and you just can't make time for everything.
2: No, you can't.
1: I want to get better there. This is more fun than a lot of those things that we were occupying our time with. Like work. <laughs> 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 uh, Flea, for those of you who don't know, um, is an animated feature-length... I guess it's an interview.
2: It's a documentary, isn't yes. it?
1: animated feature-length documentary. The audio is an interview between... Um, An afghan refugee in denmark and one of his best pals by the sounds of it um and it tells a really like frank often quite harrowing very emotional honest story about how he got out of afghanistan um quite some years ago
2: you know what i quite liked about it there were parts of it that weren't all animated, but it was mostly animated. Yeah. And I quite liked the, the story, telling the story through animation because whilst yeah. it was still quite emotional, it, it felt very tailored to his story. And mm-hmm. I liked how animation made it like heightened it. There was parts where like the animation went really dark, and there was shadows and stuff when horrible stuff was happening. Yeah, and I just thought it was quite quite a clever, distinct way to tell that kind of immigrant yeah story.
1: And it, and it added to like the sense of innocence that he had as um, a minor being trafficked around the world. Yeah, um,
2: the way he had to like just bin his passport as he was going up to the e gates and just say refugee or yeah, asylum or something yeah. i thought god yeah it's
1: the the unheard side of asylum seeking i, I think, think it man. won an oscar it definitely won some sort of it award. was a, it
2: was nominated i yeah. think i um, had oh, it had, nomi- had nominee. oh hang on it was selected as the danish entry for the academy awards best international film right so it was nominated um and it won a load of different awards across yeah. film festivals across the globe, so, yeah.
1: Deservedly so, I think mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And if you ever can find it to watch, please do. What else we watched? Transformers.
2: I oh God, I, this, this, this is when I realize how long yeah. we haven't... Did we not talk about this? I don't know. I feel like we did talk about Transformers. When I listened back to the Spider Verse episode, I think we talked about it. Oh,
1: I just went off whatever order they were in on my letterboxed diary, so maybe. I think we saw it after,
2: but but recorded after. We recorded Spider Verse after we'd seen Transformers.
1: Ah, okay. Well, I won't say any more on that one. Tell you what, we
2: did watch. What? Hans Zimmer. Live. We did. In concert. Mm. Mm.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I this is like why we've watch... been
2: so busy, because we went... I broke up from work on the Friday. We went straight to Manchester to see Hans Zimmer. Yeah. We were away all weekend for one of our friend's birth... 30th birthdays. Happy Hi birthday, Anne. <laughs> oh, however they say it in Welsh.
1: I'm not going to... I can't remember. I need to see it written down. It was funny I'm at the party,
2: because when everyone counted down to sing Happy Birthday, I went, ah! And I was like, oh, everyone's doing it in Welsh, and I don't yeah. quite know it. Um, And then... We came back on the Sunday and we had about two hours sleep and then we had to get up to go. Well, I had on a about plane. five hours sleep. Yeah, I was too excited to sleep. Yeah. And then we could been back, we've had loads to do, straight back into work. Yeah. So, But yeah, Hans Zimmer was amazing. Second time I've seen him. Just. Uh, what was your favourite?
1: Standout performance
2: for me that I keep thinking
1: about, so it must have been my favourite, was Interstellar. I knew you were going to say so, that. So I'm going to watch it again soon.
2: Yeah. Oh, we could do an episode on Interstellar, actually. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't mind that.
2: Yeah. It was one of those films I went to see it with a couple of my uni friends, and by the end of it, they were sat next to me crying, and I didn't understand they were crying, because I think it went over it's my a head. Bit. A bit much. I think it just went over my head, the film. it was quite It's quite a bonkers premise, if well, I remember.
1: Well, to be fair, I watched it and enjoyed it, but I had to watch it again to get it, if
2: you know yeah. what I mean. It's Chris yeah. Nolan, isn't it? He likes those kind of films. Like, when I went to see Tenet, I was like, I do not understand what's happening, but... I haven't seen Tenet. It was fun. Uh,
1: Obviously, we have watched all of the Indiana Joneses.
2: Yeah. What do you think? They're all right. It's not my favourite franchise, which is something I'm going to get to as we get towards the review, but...
1: I really like the original three... And I just still didn't realise really how them. sexist they were. Oh, yeah, super sexist.
2: Like, every film has um, got, yeah, it's all, they're almost like a Bond girl, they're, each film.
1: They're quite problematic on a lot of levels, and I do have to grapple with that when I watch them. I grew up on them. Well,
2: they're like a little time capsule, yeah, aren't they, of what they the time was quite... like, and you just have to try and yeah. anyway, stay past
1: it. Um... Oh, I've picked up Buffy again. Have you? Yeah. Season six. Out of seven. Oh well. Yeah. Making making headway. Yeah. Um and I also on the plane watched Atlantis, the last did. on Disney Plus.
2: You know that character from Atlantis? Which one? Is it Milo? The main one. The main one. Yeah. Have you seen the
1: Have I seen the porn?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes round on gay Twitter, like, oh, this character, and then...
1: Oh, like a little gif? Or is it, like, full... No,
2: there's, like, you know, when oh my God. porn makes, like, animated yeah. porn, and he's always one of the Disney characters that they use. My God. <laughs> and when I could see you watching it on the plane, I was like, oh, my God. <sighs> Triggered. Fair enough. I'll show you later.
1: <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Um, that's another one from my childhood. I like
2: that one. It was that period of Disney where people say it went off the boil because it was like that.
1: Just because it wasn't. Treasure
2: Planet. Just
1: because it wasn't big musicals and princesses yeah. doesn't mean it went off
2: the boil. No, but... I really, I used to love it. Yeah. That little fat little moly guy yeah. was always fun. And Emperor's New Groove. That's when people say Disney lost the way a bit. I loved but Emperor's I loved New all Groove of as well. So, oh, oh, yeah.
1: We could do an episode on that oh man love
2: that crank yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah
1: that's everything i've watched wow wow
2: we need to we definitely need to not be so long between episodes because this what we've been watching has been an intense one.
1: one oh well do you want to move on and tell me about the news then oh
2: that well you were ready to move on weren't you that was my segue oh was it oh it's just a quick bit of news but we have a new superman and lois lane
1: Oh my God, is this, I've seen memes about the Superman and it's like me choosing between Sprite and 7-Up and they this chuckle. This is what I don't, under, I don't think he looks like Henry Cavill. The pictures that this meme is
2: made of, they look well, rather Well, obviously they've cast Superman, so yeah. they're wanting to look a certain way. Yeah. So it's David, I'm going to sneeze, hang on. No, I'm not. Oh. It's David Swift, who people might recognise from Hollywood... Pearl.
1: Is that how you say his name?
2: I think so. Don't like... I was
1: never sure whether to, like, intonate it so you're saying sweat or wet at the end.
2: Coren's wet. Mm. Don't know. We'll have to get him on. When it comes out, we'll ask him. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's been... The last thing we saw of him was Pearl. She killed him with a pitchfork. Oh, my
1: God, did he work at the cinema?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And... He was in the politician. He was a bit of a Ryan Murphy kind of go to for a bit with the politician in Hollywood. Okay. Um, I think he's quite. I think he's good casting. Um, who apparently Nicholas Holt lost out. Um. But
1: who's Lois Lane?
2: Lois Lane is Rachel Brosnahan, um, who most people well her main role that she's been, been doing for quite a lot of years now is the main character in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is not something oh, okay. I've watched. I watched um, the first
1: season of that years ago.
2: Yeah. Um, she's been in plenty of stuff. Um, more TV. Yeah, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She was in House of Cards, I remember when she was in that, when Netflix was in its infancy. Mm. Um, I think both good casting. Like They haven't gone like massive stars-wise, which I, but I always think that's quite nice. I like to see especially when Marvel used to do it, kind of when they bring someone in and make them a big star. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, apparently they'll be in front of cameras quite soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Apparently the Skarsgårds are all all vying for Lex Luthor. Both Alexander and Bill Skarsgård are in the running for it.
1: That's fun. Imagine if they cast Ellen. I don't think (laughs) they will.
2: For Lex Luthor. Um, But, yeah, I think the DC... You needs a good reboot slash refresh after the shocker of the box office that the Flash has got. And I mean, I know we've been busy, but the fact that we even, even haven't even been able to see it, I think is quite telling. Yeah. Because we see everything. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, that, that was I just wanted to say. So it's the start of a brand new slate of films. Um, and we've got our first big casting from it. And yeah.
1: Congrats, Superman and Lois
2: Lane. Imagine getting that call. It must be so cool. Mm. You're gonna be Superman. But so no one can see this, but Ned actually looks a bit like Superman today. Mm. So maybe I should take a picture of you and put it on our our Instagram. Oh
1: my god. Okay. And then. I don't know what to do with my face. Look that. like.
2: No, a little bit more towards me looks very Clark Kent um but yeah well what a time we've had but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get what excite <laughs> so try <time> out <that> again <laughs> get excited for what's coming up in the world of TV
1: not film this time it's
2: time now for trailer trash or treasure and
1: what have we got this time Ned oh this is something I'm excited for it's Heartstopper season two.
2: It is. It's only a teaser. I think it's about a minute long. Okay. But it gives a vibe. And did you see them all at London Pride promoting it this, I've seen this a past of picks, weekend? Yeah. 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 Um, as always, remember the link is in the show notes if you'd like to watch along. Um, and see you after the sparkles.
1: Mm. What do you think to that? It's
2: cute, isn't it? Very it's dear. such an innocent show. And Aww. every time I watch it, I always remember when the first season came out and everyone was raving about it and I thought, I'm not watching a glor- I think I might have said this before. Mm. I was like, I'm not watching a glorified CBBC show regardless of how gay it is. But then I was lured in and I must have binged it in about two days because they're quite oh, easy watches, like, and yeah. I don't think they're Short very long episodes, episodes are they? Yeah. Um, and it's just so innocent. It's one of those shows and I think of, of, of queer people our age, I kind of look at it and go... If this had been on when I was a teenager.
1: Honestly, all I did when I was watching season one was wish that I was 10 years younger. (laughs) Yeah,
2: like it would have saved a lot of emotional turmoil, I think, to have shows like this. Um, And
1: I think as much as things aren't necessarily going the best for queer people at the moment in the UK, teenagers are probably... In a better position than they've ever been as long as we can remember.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and I love all the little graphic novel touches it does.
1: Oh, I know. So Have like we got they... the graphic novel? No, no.
2: Like when they touch hands and it little spark, like yeah. little sparky thing. Do you remember when did Miss Marvel call... did that for a, for one episode? Yeah, yeah.
1: Did they only do it one episode? They only did... I always oh. remember
2: it was like the first episode they had loads, and then they seemed to like totally abandon it. About it. Yeah. Huh.
1: Um, did you spot Nick's hickey on his neck? Like I thought that, is that Nick
2: or is that the other one? Which one's which? I thought Nick was the ginger one. Oh. Can't remember the other one's name. What, uh. I thought it was a hickey, but then I thought, oh, I don't want to say it unless it's a birthmark. Oh. He's called Joe Lock, isn't he? The yeah. actor. Maybe it's he's only Nick. young.
1: Who's he playing? Charlie. He's from the Isle of Man. I think. Is he? Yeah.
2: He is. I'm just reading his Wikipedia now. Um, And he's made it big off this because the next thing he's going to be in is Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Nice. Yeah.
1: Um, Yes, I think this little teaser... We'll go in the treasure trove. Yeah,
2: there. and I think it was only a little teaser. I think it's Netflix probably wanted to get something out to coincide with them all being at London Pride. Yeah, um, it's very cute. And it's out a month today as well, so we don't have it? long to wait. Lovely. Yeah, except yeah. Uh,
1: didn't we get rid of Netflix?
2: Yeah, but I'm sure we'll we'll watch it. I might get it back just yeah. for that.
1: Yeah, there are a couple of Netflix things I wouldn't mind watching. Actually,
2: okay, typical well, that, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Oh well. Trash? Treasure?
2: Oh, treasure for me. Yeah, good. Cute little treasure. Cute little treasure. Yeah. Ah, adorable. (laughs) Ribbons. (laughs) And now it's time for this week's headline feature, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, coming up right after this quick break.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. Have
2: you pressed play? Hmm. Are you catching this? <laughs> Indie 5. The Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Would you like to talk us through a quick synopsis? Shall I whiz you through the story? Not the full story.
1: <clears throat> no, a synopsis of. Oh, right, yeah. Ready? I'm ready. On the day of his retirement. The now-divorced Indiana Jones is met by his goddaughter, whose archaeological passion is focused on the Antikythera, a device created by Archimedes that could supposedly predict ripples in time. The theory is that the user of the dial can travel through time. And the Nazis want it.
2: The do. So we mentioned a bit when we were talking about watching the... First, the the other films yeah. that you were a big fan of Indiana Jones. So yeah. I think you should start with your how how you felt this was.
1: Um, I don't know how to start that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it as um, like a reboot. It was much better than the previous reboot. Yeah, for many many reasons, and. I think the only qualm I have with the reboots this included is that like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was Aliens, Dial of Destiny is Time Travel, both of those are quite like sci-fi. Whereas all of the original trilogy were a lot more like mystical and magical in the sort of lore that underpinned the archaeological adventure that Indiana Jones So would you find say
2: that on. but and we and I will get... We'll Obviously, we'll get to the third act later on. But I've always found the films a bit mystical and sci-fi. Yeah, that's
1: the point. But The Crystal Skull wasn't mystical. It was sci-fi. Yeah, but and I've found them films. all a bit
2: sci-fi. Why? Well, like...
1: They don't go off into space.
2: No, they don't. But they do things that aren't within our powers. With not, Some of the, yeah, the guffins that but it's not. It's not due got. to,
1: like, technology, though, is it? It's due to mysticism and magic and like the spirit realm or whatever yeah it's not due to alien technology or do you know what i mean like traveling in time is like a doctor who thing not like a harry potter thing although actually they do travel in time and harry potter, so that's...
2: but i mean i feel like we should just get to the third act straight away because if we're discussing it we're going around it so the third act they travel in time um, travel back in time using the dial. They forgot... So basically, the dial can predict fissures in time, can't yeah. it? So if you go through them, you get back to whatever the period is. Yeah. But what I did think was quite clever is, obviously, the Nazis wanted it to go back to try and win the war.
1: This this guy, played by... Is it Mads Mikkelsen?
2: Yeah.
1: He is still a nazi oh basically it starts it's set in 1969 yeah on the time of the moon landing um and he seemingly has escaped any sort of persecution prosecution for being a nazi Uh post-war and has made a bit of a career for himself in america his tech and genius helped put man on the moon and now he wants to use this device created by Archimedes to go back and kill Hitler, so that he can lead the Nazis to success.
2: Because Hitler made all the mistakes. That's his. Yeah, doesn't motivation. he say some line like "We didn't lose the war; Hitler lost it," or yeah. something like that?
1: America didn't win; Hitler lost it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, which I do. You know, they've all had all of the films have had, or most of them have had, like links to Nazism, which I think is quite clever. But I do think, so when it goes back in time, I thought it was clever that they hadn't realised about continental drift, which yes, I thought was Yes, that quite, was a fun feature. So Archimedes didn't know about that, so what this fissure isn't taking them back to the time that Basically, they wanted it, it to. Basically, it throws out the calculations, yeah. doesn't it? and, and they, they end up, up back in...
1: The siege of Syracuse is where they end up. Not New York, Syracuse. It's Sicily. That was
2: a line in the yeah, film, did you get it? it was. Um... And they end up actually being where Archimedes was. Mm. And I can understand how some people really rub up against this final act because it does take it way beyond the realms of where Indiana Jones has been before. But I really liked it. Oh,
1: I really enjoyed it overall. I think there was a point where it was teetering very close to losing me, but it hadn't quite got there. And then it pulled itself back and it was fine again. Um But I can't quite put my finger on exactly where that was. Mm. But it was during the time travel
2: bit. See, no, I quite liked all that. It was early on in the film where I got lost in bits because I felt overall, I thought the tone was a bit weird in places. It was a bit all over the shop. Um uh... And I hate to say this, but I really wasn't keen on Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character either as his goddaughter. And I I get what they tried to do. Like, as I mentioned before, how I didn't realise how sexist the previous films were. It wasn't some damsel in distress. It was his goddaughter who can actually go up against him and, you know, challenge him.
0: And she
2: had a bit more to her. But I just... I didn't... I don't see her... Yeah, as a big Hollywood blockbuster actor.
1: Sometimes I think it's um, her like Southern accent that pulls me out of whatever character she's doing. Yeah, and like, I mean I, I, thought I loved that in Fleabag. Fleabag. Yeah, I couldn't really get on with Fleabag, oh, but God, I did I loved enjoy it. her. It was this. so funny. I did enjoy her in this actually. Yeah, I thought it was nice to not just have some. uh Someone screaming and falling at Indiana Jones's feet.
2: Yeah, I get what you mean, but yeah, that that final kind of ending. Did you think so? Indy kind of wants to stay there because the whole film, which I did think was done quite well, mm. is that we find Indy retiring. He's in quite a lot of turmoil. His sons died in the war. His marriage has collapsed due to it. He's tortured. He's unhappy. And I did actually think when, he, when they went back and, you know, as an archaeologist, he's gone back in time and he's like, I've got nothing to live for, may I as well just stay here. Mm. I could actually have seen him stay there. Well, that's the, I, maybe
1: we've put the... I can put my finger on it now. I wasn't quite sure if that moment is as poignant as I think it was intended to be.
2: See, I thought that moment was poignant when he was going to stay and getting all emotional. Mm. I found that more poignant than the actual final scenes where he reacquaints himself with Marion.
1: See, that's where it brought it back for me. See, that's so interesting. That's where it regrounded itself and, like, it was earthly again. And I know it never left Earth.
2: (laughs) I mean, it practically did. Yeah, like the earth we know yeah
1: it was um that was more indiana jones to me than an ending where he stayed in a time that wasn't his just so he could die because he couldn't get the medical attention that he needed because he'd just been shot yeah you know what i mean
2: i get what you mean i do yeah i think maybe you're you've probably got maybe more skin in the game because of your affinity to franchise as a whole Mm. whereas i thought i was kind of just going in like i don't mind the indiana jones films but they're not my favorite and i thought that made more storytelling sense for him to stay rather than bring Marion back and they're gonna try rekindle the love and we kind of that's how it ends although i you know i don't mind that as an ending especially as we know that this is harrison ford's this is his final ending whether they reboot it in the future or whatever but um yeah and speaking of harrison ford like i don't think people quite appreciate how good harrison ford is i feel like he's one of those actors
1: i don't know he's had quite an illustrious he he has
2: but i just think nobody ever really has him in the conversation of being a really really good actor
1: no, I suppose not. And
2: I think he's great, and especially in, in, in this, like mm. playing that kind of tortured, grumpy old guy, but he's got a bit of spark to him and yeah. he clearly loves all the archaeology stuff. So I, I do like him a lot. Um, What I didn't like about him was when they de-aged him, unfortunately. I was going to ask start. you
1: how you felt about that.
2: Um, it made sense for the story. It did make sense. I just think the technology still isn't quite there because it, facially it, it, it looked quite good and probably the best, some of the best I've seen. But, his face looked good but his voice still sounded like an 80 year old. Right. And his movement was odd as well. It's like when they did it in The Irishman when they did it to Robert De Niro. I didn't like it then either. Um, uh, Scorsese's last film. You don't film.
1: really like mob films though.
2: I mean, that's not mutually exclusive. I don't like mob films that much, but <laughs> I didn't like the de okay. in it either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what did you think of it like? Do you think it was good?
1: Uh, I tend to look at special effects knowing that they are special effects. So it didn't really bother me. I was quite enjoying the scene and I thought it set the story up really well anyway. And I'm quite a fan of Toby Jones, so it was quite a fun, like, playing opposite each other they had going on he was on. good actually yeah he was um, funny
2: i liked him i liked kind of um I, apart from phoebe waller bridge um i liked mads mickelson although i didn't think he was fully utilized in the way that mads mickelson can be i think he um, could
1: have could have uh benefited from being a little bit more I think a little bit more sinister, like so I know he I. was a bit sinister, but I he feel like He was really quite reserved
2: have, in the character, I thought. Could have
1: handled it, especially like, being the character he was, he obviously had to maintain a level of like, acceptability when he was playing his role, like helping the United States get people on the moon. I think he could have really played up the contrast when he was like, really living his full Nazi fantasy. Yeah so yeah but I, d- I liked him i thought it was really good casting for it
2: yeah i didn't really like no i wouldn't say i just like i didn't really see why he was there antonio banderas was like a blink and you'll miss it appearance i thought it
1: was him And i was like
2: why bring such a good actor and so well known to is literally be in it for, well
1: or not well, even really. like to me
2: a cameo is when the character's been in it before and i don't think he has
1: why is that a cameo to
2: you? Well, like cameo. a cameo's like, oh, someone's going to make a cameo like I don't
1: know. I always thought like a cameo was just like
2: a short appearance, yeah, yeah, They're I don't in, know they say the I piece
1: don't
2: know and then they go. Uh, same with John Reese Davies, he was there oh, very short amount of time, but yeah. I think that's probably a choice that they should have done anyway
1: yeah I know like they were obvi- they obviously wanted to bring back a few legacy characters and mm, I think his casting as an Egyptian man is probably problematic <laughs> on a fair few levels. Yeah. so fair play to not make him a central character in this film. Would I have recast him again or would I have just not brought his character in? Mm, don't know.
2: I think what they did is that they probably recognise in the modern day that it's not really that acceptable. Yeah. So they brought him in just to say he's been there, but he was literally blinking, probably even more so than Antonio Banderas. Yeah, probably. Um,
1: Antonio Banderas is seen, obviously, on the boat in the Mediterranean, where they scuba what did they do it's not scuba diving yet i think it's like it. an early version it's of scuba diving. scuba diving where they breathe through a tube that's attached to the boat yeah um that was a cool scene yeah going like down into the water
2: i like that, he didn't, that. Like eels, yeah, he didn't like eels yeah because obviously he didn't like snare it did have quite a bit where it like harks back to the originals oh, which definitely. was quite nice i think it
1: did a really good job of that
2: yeah um it's just that his face is funny when someone mentions like snakes or it's yeah. like oh god um but yeah but yeah and i like toby jones i thought boyd holbrook who was like mad mickelson's right hand man was a bit oh yeah pointless wasn't, as wasn't well i a big
1: fan of him like the henchman
2: yeah and it was nice to see um Karen allen as marion but it yeah. was a bit pointless
1: well, that's another thing. Like, they were obviously just bringing back the legacy characters as the...
2: I'm sure with some people, when they watched it, it, if they absolutely loved Indiana Jones, they'd look on that. Oh, she I did. Bad. I liked did it, yeah. See, I just don't have that. And I don't yeah. know why, because most movie franchises I love. Mm. But this one has always been a bit of a... I've seen them, but they're not my faves. No. Um... um there's always a MacGuffin, isn't there? I'd love to be in the writing, writer's room when they're like, what can we have? Oh, we'll have Archimedes' Dial this time. That'll mm. be... What's will be f- It's like the thing that the plot centres around. Yeah. You know, that, they always yeah, need, like, yeah. a MacGuffin. Yeah. Let me see the actual definition, because that's what they call it. Oh, is it? Is it An object, I mean? event or character in a film or story that serves to set and keep the plot in motion despite usually lacking intrinsic importance.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah yeah yeah
2: so they all have really them there. in these films really don't they? there's yeah. always a thing yeah um and I did think it was quite it was quite cool mm. um the action it was very fast paced for for nearly two and a half hours I didn't I didn't feel two and a half hours and it was going from set piece to set piece to set you know you've yeah. got the big train scene at the start and then oh, before yeah, it you know you, we're at it took that you
1: to plenty of places
2: um Vietnam War uh protest slash happy we landed on the moon day yeah um then you're in greece then you're at the end like and it did oh there was that where was that scene on the tuk-tuk
1: that was was in uh casablanca or tangier
2: yeah morocco yeah and that would that i loved that i really liked that yeah set piece i thought i actually did think the action was really good
1: i quite liked The fact, like the the way they used that scene, like it was that like under the table auction of stolen artifacts, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge was there trying to
2: see. That's one of the points I really didn't like. What her character, I thought it was a bit daft, and I know the films are daft, but something about I can
1: kind of get on board with that. And I think maybe it would have made a bit more sense were she approaching Indiana to start with and saying, "Look." Let's go on this big adventure. We need to pay for it. Uh, then it would have made more sense that she was auctioning pieces off to make to get some cash. But it really kind of, it gave her a little bit of a um, superficial quality that I don't think she was really going for. She loves for.
2: capitalism, doesn't she? She does.
1: Her character, off yeah. The yeah. No, she <laughs> does. in yeah. The character. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting because obviously, when it was set, that was kind of like when capitalism was working well and it was in kind of its early stages, kind of post Second World War, you know. And you've got autonomy, you can do what you want, you can make your money, enjoy the boom. Yeah, yeah, she's very money driven. Um, I think that's me pretty much what i can't believe Mm -hmm. actually talking technically so the film didn't have a very good opening weekend at the box office no well it's funny when people say oh it's open to 60 million in the us you think well i wouldn't mind if 60 million dropped on my doorstep but i can't believe the budget of this film what is it? they reckon about 300 million
1: what's that comparable to like what other films have a 300 mil budget roughly well like a
2: lot of modern blockbusters are more like the 200 mark right and i just think it's gonna it's gonna have. well it's not gonna make a profit so even though they've said this is the last film i think like it doesn't really matter doesn't really matter because they wouldn't make any but like yeah um let's have a look like all the event like avengers endgame was 356 Oh, but and to you think of how many characters are in, in that, yeah. and you know. Yeah. And I just think they've shot themselves. Could they have really kind of told almost. Lo- I don't know. Because they shot quite a lot on location as well. I don't know if it was the pandemic that maybe made it more expensive. Maybe. Because of all the different stuff they had to do and yeah. all the different health and safety checks. But, I don't know.
1: That's not going to add like 100 million on there, is it? Well, I
2: don't know. If you're going all the way to Morocco to film, mm, I suppose. But.
1: I don't know. What did you think of Teddy, the child character?
2: I don't even remember him.
1: He was like Phoebe Waller-Bridge's sidekick.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, whatever. Not really asked. No, they always have a kid in bloody Indiana Jones. I thought, V he thinks not he's going to be the new Keyhook one, I thought, no. Don't you be going up behind Harrison Ford and pretending to be a big kid? <laughs> <laughs> Silly. In 10 years, although Harrison Ford might not be here, but... Wow. Well, he's quite old, dad, and he got he. injured quite. I think the filming as well start started and stopped quite a bit mm. because he injured himself in filming a couple of times, and they had to break for it. So oh, really? I think they probably were up against it from a lot of things that was happening. Yeah. Um. And yeah.
1: Okay. Well, with that, what would you what would you star rating? Oh, can
2: I just go say something else? Oh,
1: I thought you were done.
2: John Williams. Mm. The score, yeah ninety one years old still bringing
1: it still bringing it, mm. and
2: apparently I've read that he wrote the two hour treatment like hand wrote the score on like that paper well, that's fun so he's a brilliant pet pa- and like yes a
1: true craftsman he is,
2: and i think you know um it's very kind of it's a very famous score and rightly so, and it does a good job. Actually, before we go to that, I think a lot of people thought when James Mangold got involved in it, who directed Logan as the director, I think they thought, oh, it's going to be kind of like an Indiana Jones version of Mm. Logan. Mm -hmm. So I think some people kind of went into that thinking it was going to be a film of that kind of tone, which it was never really going to be for Indiana Jones. I don't really but I think like some that. I think it's probably fallen foul of people having different expectations of things. Um but
1: well it's probably suffered at the box office because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was crap.
2: And the, the the box office has been so crowded in June as well. I don't exactly. think any like, films have been able to bring... This is not
1: people's priority, especially when you know what's coming up in July. If people don't go to the cinema too often, then they're obviously waiting a couple of weeks for either barbie or oppenheimer or mission impossible Mission impossible yeah elemental
2: yeah mm. well i think that's already
1: or is that already out i don't
2: know i think we're gonna go see it this weekend yeah um but yeah what would i give it star rating yeah so i went with three and a half mm-hmm. and i think i'm pretty content with that yeah i have three seen three people's half. opinions on twitter saying it's a really good film and i do i actually think if you caught me on a good day i could probably push to four mm. But I'm quite happy with where I'm at with that.
1: I, yeah, I'm happy that I gave it a three and a half, but I think I could very easily. Had I not rated it yet and then logged it after we've recorded this, I might have gone for a four.
2: Interesting, though, because we've obviously landed on the same star rating, mm. but for I'm feeling quite different reasons and we liked different things.
1: Well, you, you. Bring out of a film what you take into the same. You do don't very you? much
2: so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um Gay rating? Oh, I've done it again, I've left the gay on charge.
2: Oh, go get it there. Bear with me. I mean I'll do a sneak preview, I think it'll be a bit of a waste.
1: What do you mean? <laughs> well, like, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Okay. The
2: Do all buttons the buttons down. and the, and the, di- and the dials. Mm. dials. Let's see where its destiny on the gaydar is.
1: <laughs> it's even less gay than John Wick 4.
2: Yeah, it, it is. is actually. It is. Yeah. John Wick 4's quite camping places.
1: Well, and even if it wasn't, it's got Rina Sawayama in it, which yeah. instantly gives it gay is points. Is she queer? Is she bisexual? So. Yeah. If she's not, she's like the most... She's a gay out, icon, like. I know, yeah. Um, yeah, so it is currently our lowest scorer on the Gaydar. Wow. Wow.
2: God. Just let that we've sink seen... in. Oh, we're only doing films that we're doing podcast episodes on that, aren't we? Oh, yeah, So I was yeah, just yeah. thinking of some of the films we've seen, and I thought, it's definitely gayer than Sisu.
1: Yeah, it's gayer than that. Oh, like... I don't know. I wouldn't mind doing an episode about Caesar, actually. I know. So it's so sad good. I've probably forgotten it. Now I need to watch now. it again. Oh, well. Um, um. And that's all for this time. <laughs> if you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate, and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And you can check out our letterboxed accounts. The links for those are in the show notes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. Oh, he doesn't even want a special. On this oh, I one. mean, you can, but yeah. I'm not
2: that fussed on this one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And
1: this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.